Welcome to another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcari. And we come at you now every Monday and Thursday. Yeah, that's right. We We're changed changing it up that. a little bit. Um, blame me. So, yeah, at strong start there, right? It's fine. Speaking of blame me right there, that was terrible. Yeah, well, you and suck. <laughs> like I said, great start. Thanks for listening here. Goodbye. Uh, anyway... <laughs> The Sabres. I mean, should we just start there? I yeah. mean, there's a couple of things going on, like coaching hires and Kyler Murray back in on the football st- side of things. And but the Sabres, they go ahead and showed New Jersey that they were bad. They reminded the Devils that they were a bad team and five to one comically bad game from the Devils. I mean, mm-hmm. they scored first, like within the first two minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And what did the Sabres do? Just dominate the puck the rest of the time. I mean, like, even when the Devils had the one nothing lead into the end of the first period, they had four shots. Yeah. The Sabres had 11. The Sabres had eight scoring chances compared to the Devils' four shots. And yet the Devils had the one nothing lead on a goal that, I mean, Carter Hutton couldn't do anything about that. The only thing Saboka could have done more was hit the guy before the puck tipped off of him. Yeah, that's about it. Which and... would be illegal. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Like maybe body him up, but that's it. That's the only other thing the guy could have done because he was in good, good good coverage. It was a deflection in goal, and everyone's just like, what? This is not great. Come on now, guys. What are, what are we doing here? But then the Sabres just rolled without Jack Eichel. And a couple things, Frank. One, it reminds us that we can't have nice things. Go ahead. Can't say. have nice things? No, we can't have nice things. And I joke about this because, I mean, there's always those fans that are going to go ahead and say, oh, we don't need Eichel. Go ahead and oh, trade him for everything. That's, yes. Oh. that Those takes oh. emerge from the doldrums whenever that happens, which is hilarious. But it's just a reminder, like, why are you a fan of hockey? Like, can you just Why not? are you the way you are? Yes, exactly. Like, you're Toby. Why? Just go away forever with that kind of take. It's hilarious. It's stupid. It's all of the above. And I, you know, like that's the quick comment on that. I'm not going to really dive too much into that because yeah. it's hilarious. But then at the same time, you smack your forehead, you move on. Or as Mike Carrington likes to put it, head to desk. Dude, head desk, head, head wall. wall, head door. Exactly. There's a lot of ways you can do that. Step on a Lego, drink some bleach. <laughs> Pop in a Tide Pod and call it a day, you know? Sniff the glue. It's Hey, man, we're supposed to be doing that, right? Yeah. Supposed to be bringing us together, the glue. Yeah. (laughs) Way to bring something back there, Frank. Uh, Good work. All right. So, but because of how well they have performed without Eichel, on the whole, Boston game aside, where none of the forwards scored and Ristolainen got the only goal in that game for them. Lines of practice are a little interesting now, Frank, heading into uh, Carolina. You know, Skinner's going to be facing his old team for the first time. You think he's motivated already? Oh, you know it. And he's already got 29 goals before seeing them. How nice would it be to hit goal 30 on the season against your old team? I like the chances, though, because Eichel's coming back. Tage Thompson's on the right wing. Mm-hmm. I've liked Tage Thompson's game over like the last 10 games. I have two. Production-wise, it wasn't always there, but you liked what you were seeing from the guy. Yeah. And now with Thompson, it's just more or less becoming, hmm, all right, can we get more out of him? Let's see. He's going to get a look on that top line. He got that look on the top line in the preseason, and it didn't really fare well, but there was also only one game in the preseason. Now, you get to see it here with Carolina, a team that, you know, has kind of shored up its defensive problem a little bit. But Carolina they has still a problem, can't score goals. Which is funny because they traded a goal score. Thirty goal score. Yeah. So line one, it's Eichel, Thompson, and Skinner. What do you think? Eichel back with Skinner doesn't surprise me. Yeah, of course. Um I'm surprised I, I like the idea of Thompson there, and it's something I've been wanting to see. My big question is How's Reinhardt going to be affected? Well, 
I'm not. He's like, been having a he's been having a really good year. No, I know. I'm saying like so, I'm just saying this line alone. Like this line. We're, go, so we're going this, line by okay. line. Line by line. So we'll this line. So with this line alone, you're giving Eichel two shooters. Yes, Thompson two. has been firing pucks at the net lately. And if he could continue that with a guy like Eichel dishing the puck, oh yeah, he just might. Get open he and could get score. He might get a goal tomorrow. He, like. Keep your and that's keep your what you're holding. Yeah, and find yourself open, which Thompson's been doing a lot more of. Is yeah. getting himself into better positions to shoot the puck. Eichel's going to generate positions for you to be able to shoot. So, the puck. and you're just hoping that and that there's some kind of chemistry there between the two. Yes, to go along with what that obviously said, him and Skinner's been doing. That said, right winger is just riding shotgun on the Eichel Skinner show. Oh yeah, and that means and he's going to get fine. some freebie points probably. Hey, points are points. If he keeps up. All he has to do, that's really all he has to do is keep up. Keep up. He's that's a rook, He's not a rookie. He's a young player, though. Like He's a second year. He's a second year guy, and you know he's just got to be able to know when to be ready. Yeah. So, but at the same time, take charge of some situations, too. Like, yeah, Eichel is your primary puck carrier, but there are going to be instances where you are going to have to do something with the puck. I mean, Reinhardt creates plays sometimes because of the fact that, you know, he has to do something with the puck. So make sure that you're able to take that part in there, Tage Thompson, and then you're, you, everything will be fine. So, we'll so now what... we go to the second line. You had questions about Reinhardt. Yep, he's with Sherry and Saboka. And my immediate thinking on this is, quite frankly, only... Can Reinhardt drive the line? Exactly. Can Reinhardt drive the line? That's really it. The right. other question a lot of people would have is, why not Middlestat? And I know why. Yeah. And it's this. The minutes. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to get Middlestat into a uh, too large of a situation with all these minutes. Second line minutes are no joke right now when a guy has not really been producing on the whole at Casey Middlestat. Yeah. Reinhardt needs those minutes and he's earned those minutes. Now, can he drive a line of Saboka and Sherry? Sherry, in particular, has been a little bit of a question mark now ever since a hot start to the season. I was always thinking, okay, we're probably getting that condition. We're probably giving up a conditional third now because Sherry's going to hit 20 goals or 40 points. Now, that is very much in question. As a matter of fact, it's now I'm going to don't trade Hunwick. We're only giving up a conditional fourth now. Right. I think that there is something to Reinhardt playing better than he has. This is the this is the chance now. For Reinhardt to quash the narrative of he needs Eichel to be super productive. He showed it with Skinner without yeah. Eichel. Yeah, he had he did. But at the same time, Jeff Skinner is a perennial all-star, all star, perennial goal scorer in this league. He has proven he can do it. He has proven he can drive a line. Sam Reinhardt has not been able to do that. I think I think Reinhardt could get Sherry riding, going. Riding with Jeff Skinner is a little bit it's a, it's a different than trying to be able to drive a line with Connor Sherry and Vladimir Saboka. So that's where it's going to be interesting. Yeah. This is this is a real challenge for Reinhardt and I think this is kind of like a it's not really the best situation that he's been given. No, it's not. To be that's what worries me. True. So Yeah, I think uh no, this is one of those things where we might have an interesting little Impasse here with Reinhardt. Okay, so now third line: Casey Middlestadt, Zemgus Gergensen's, Jason Pominville. I'm surprised it broke up Larson and Gergensen's. I'm not because I think really Gergensen's and Rodriguez are interchangeable parts at times. They are. Here's the reason I think it's Gergensen's and not Rodriguez. Defensive responsibility. Sure. I think Rodriguez is fine, but Gergensen's is better at it. Sure. And giving Casey Middlestad a little bit of a crutch right now on the defensive side of things could really help him. I think you could argue Pominville could have brought could bring that as well. Yes, but now you have two wingers that are very defensively responsible. My only thing is, I'd rather see them see them give Middlestad a winger who can keep up. Physically, Gergensen's can keep up. Physically, <laughs> yes, but I'm talking. Offensively, offensively, Pominville. I mean, Pominville. I think is when you want to see see that happen, but he's 
I think his his age has started has Pond been catching up to him. Cold. Yeah, and he's starting. He's becoming you know just exactly what he is, and that's a bottom nine player who, at best, his be- at best would probably give you thirty to thirty five points, which is what he's on pace for. If he can get some more points, you know, in the second half of the year. Yeah, it would be nice to get. But Pomeval also is a guy who I would trust to put Casey Middlestat with because Pomeval can shore up things defensively. Yes, and allow things to open up for Casey Middlestat and a winger who can keep up with him. And My I just don't feel be... like Gergens. I don't feel like Gergensen is a, is the right guy for that. I feel like Rodriguez would do would be able to bring more for it. But at the but at the end of the day, too, Rodriguez isn't having a good year as well. He's only got like a couple goals, a couple goals this year. Already halfway through the year, exactly. Like- so I, 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 I'm okay with Gergens. I'm okay with tomorrow night. Gergensen's is with them, but if it doesn't work out, switch them, switch the two. Yes, I would agree with exactly that. I mean, my only other question would be, what do we do if Middlestack continues to kind of struggle throughout all of this? Do you try putting him on the wing? Yeah, we talked about this on Monday, and. This would have been a pretty good opportunity. To I do think that this would be this would be an you would opportunity. You put Middlestad on the left, and then Rodriguez down the middle, and then yeah. Palmville on the right. That would have been an interesting little way to do it. Yeah, but well, we'll see what happens here. Uh, and then, of course, Rodriguez, Larson, Oposo. Larson's kind of been a solid force on the fourth line. I, I and, really liked Larson on the fourth line this year, and he's really kind of been. The fourth line has been largely successful. Yes, with the constant of Johan Larson. It could be Kyle Poso there. It was Patrick Berglund. It was Zemgis Gergensen. It's been C.J. Smith. It's been Evan Rodriguez. It's been Jason Palmanville, even to start the season. Yeah, it. Yep, the fourth line has arguably been their has been their second best line of the season so far. And it's because of Johan Larson. And Larson, not because yeah. of really anyone else. Yeah, Larson is he's playing a role that he is meant to play. He's playing a shut. He's a shutdown center. But he's who's been providing something that in he your didn't. who's in your face, and then he's all, and then yeah, there's been times where he's been contributing offensively as well. Yeah, there's, he's doing something that he hasn't done in the last couple seasons, which is get a couple pucks in the net. Yeah, and that's that's a nice little refreshing pace for you for your fourth line to be able to get something like that. And again, when your fourth line is more consistent than your second and third lines, there's usually a problem. And Larson too has shown that. He's a guy who could be hard to play against. Yes. He's mean. He's he's angry Larry. They call him Angry Larry for a reason. <laughs> and that's the kind of guy you want on your fourth line. I'm intrigued by something here, though, Frank. The D pairings. Pilot Ristolainen, Darlene Bogosian, Scandella McCabe. None of that really surprises me. Only one thing does. Pilot on the top pair. I don't know... What would the which is the top pair, which is second pair? I I can guarantee you, Scandell McCabe is third pairing, but between the other two, I can't really say which which one is top, which which one I is second. I can sense McCabe eating some of the minutes for Pilot. Yeah, but other than that, everything remains. I wouldn't. Stagnant. I don't think it's. I don't see that. That's the see. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's a funny thing about hockey lines. We know Eichel's top is going. Eichel's line is going to be the number one line. And we know Larson's line is going to be the number four line, just based on minutes, based on the depth chart and all that. When I see, I'm looking at Bray, I'm looking at Brayton's tweets on the lines right now, and he has Sherry Saboka Reinhardt as line two, Gergis's Millicent Ponville as line three. A lot of people do, and that might that may very well be the case. But heading into tomorrow night, that might not be that might not happen because they might middle stamp Ponville Gergis's might be get more minutes than the other line. And when you go with D pairings too, Ristolainen and Pilot might get the top pairing minutes. Bogosian and Darlene might get the top pairing minutes. We don't know. I will say this. You're onto something on the D pairings there. I, I think the think forward pairings is kind of more set. I think the I forward think, pairings is more set. I think the forward lines are more set because Middlestat, if you look at the usage this I think, year, I think Saboka has been averaging in. far more minutes than Middlestat yeah. on any sort of basis. Same with Reinhardt, same with Sherry. Yeah, but I'm saying is at least for at least for going into this game, it can still change. The only player that has gotten more minutes on the third line there is Pominville. Yeah. And that was because he had a stint with the first line. Yep. I think that there's I think the forward lines are largely set in stuff. 
So, plus like he plus like Brayton has Bogosian Dalin as the number one. Pilot Rissalina is number two, and you're obviously seeing it as Pilot Rissalina is one. Yeah, and, and so that's why it's like I'm just but like depending on the night. Dalin, I think gets it depends the top on the minutes, night or Rissalina yeah. gets the top minutes. Either way, Arasmai ends up <laughs> with the top minutes on the team. Yeah, and either way, it it doesn't matter as long as the team wins. By the way. Can we breathe a little now, everyone? They got four out of six points without Jack Eichel. You finally beat the Florida Panthers. Yeah. And you beat a you crushed another team that you told you're supposed team to. They're win. bad. Yeah. Which is what a playoff team should do is win games like that and sometimes win them like that. Yeah. Can we calm down now a little bit? Like sky's no. not falling. They're not going to calm down. Sky isn't falling. Sky hasn't. The been sky falling. is falling for till them. Sky is not falling. It hasn't been no, falling. It's never. Have they been on a slide? Yes. But you know what happens to teams that are in wild card races? They do that. Yeah. An interesting team to watch, though, Frank. The Columbus Blue Jackets. Have you noticed in the division standings that Columbus has kind of been uh, within striking distance of the Islanders? Columbus is at 51 points right now. They sit, they sit third yeah. in the Metro. Islanders are one point behind them. Exactly. If Columbus goes on a little bit of a slide, and you saw something with Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, he's uh, not playing. Not playing tonight based on some sort of some form Incident. of contra- contra- conduct. Incident. Thing. Yeah. And remember, John Tortorella's a head coach, so maybe he was just like late for practice or something. And that, but again, that's it. There is something. There's something there based on <laughs> conduct from Bobrovsky that he's not playing. Bobrovsky's not playing tonight. That's if this team goes on a slide. Bobrovsky's a free agent. Panarin's a free agent. He doesn't want to stay in Columbus. If Columbus, he goes wants on a, to stay. He just wants to get paid. If Columbus, I'm see like everything that everyone's been reporting though is that he wants to go to a big market, major city kind of thing. And Columbus ain't the chief. Oh yeah, like yeah. He of course he of course he wants it. A lot of the talk is possibly the Rangers as being that big mark because it's a New York. And but yeah, the Rangers are so bad. Yeah. Um, Everyone wants to go. But there. I I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to Columbus for the right price. He want. I guarantee you this. If if he hits the open market, he's getting ten million, and that's probably what it's what it's going to take for him to stay in Columbus. Yeah, I know. And my big thing is this. If Columbus hits a slide, they could look at those two players and go, they could move them. We we have a chance they to may get a have lot. To, we, could, yeah. we could get the world for Artemi Panarin as a rental. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping for that. I'm kind of hoping that Columbus goes on a little bit of a schneid. Do you want to trade for Artemi Panarin? No, I just want to see them out of our way. Because then the Islanders would take the three. The Sabres would have less contention for the wild card with a sliding Blue Jackets team that hopefully dishes. Are you Bobrovsky saying you Panarin. don't want to trade for a team? No, I'm kidding. And, oh, that that would. I'm just. I kidding. mean, of course I'd want to, but they don't have either a the cap nor b the assets that I'd be willing to part with for a rental. Like yeah, I know. I'm, I know. I'm just. just so joking. actually, you know what? No, I don't want to trade for our time. Yeah, it's going to cost way too much, and it's and it's a rental. There, so. you want you want the real answer there? I don't want to trade for our time. Panarin. Okay, good answer. All right then, there you go. Wait, what? Okay. Uh, I think it's more likely, though, that Bobrovsky gets traded than Panarin. Yeah, because they have Corpus in waiting, mm-hmm. all ready to go. And they spent and the I first think they want pick. to. They want to keep Panarin. They want to keep him. I don't. They I think, can use the Bob money to sign Panarin. Yes. And you paid a first-round pick to protect Corpus in the expansion draft. Yes. Which kind of tells Bobrovsky, I'm not the future here. He's not having a good year. I mean, it's probably... Because of the fact that he's realizing he's not the future there. Mm-hmm. Neither right? is Cor- Corpus Allo's not ha- having a worse year than him, Bobrovsky. Really? Ew. Bobrovsky, 18-13-3, goals against, 9.06 save percentage. Numbers for Corpus Allo has, has below nine. But goaltenders on the whole this year have been... A little less stingy. They're below, right now. Their numbers are below average. Yes, but I'm saying like average is oh, also yeah. sunk. The average is also lower. Yes. Yes. Oh, They're yes. playing below average, but the average is also lower than average. I think the the I think the average is 
probably around 912 this year. Mm-hmm. 911, somewhere around there. And that's lower than usual, I would say. And that's yeah, typically so lower. Like usually like a nine seventeen or something. Last few like bef- like before like two years ago. Because I know like if you're if you're rocking a nine two something, you're pretty dang good at this point. Yeah. But now if you're rocking a nine two nine fifteen, I believe was around the average. Yeah. Like up like until 9, 15, like 9, up until like two years ago. Yeah. Something like yeah, I was thinking of something like and that was and that was like. And bef- and that was pretty much in between around 2010. Hell, so look at Robin I would say years about ago. yeah, I would say about t- between 2010 and 2015, the league average was about 9.15. Yeah, look at Robin Leonard from two years ago. He was above average. You can see the statistics on that. Yeah, and you know, but again, now it's goalies a bit are weird. Different. Goalies are weird. I should know. y'all are weird people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking at this as. I'm kind of hoping for a Columbus slide so that they maybe do think that they need to dish Panarin and they do dish Bobrovsky and they do get assets and they do sell off a team and kind of crater themselves out of the picture. I I, I don't feel like they're going to slide. I'm, I'm not saying that I feel like they're going to. I'm saying what I want. I know you hope, you're, you're what hoping I want. for it. What I want and what is going to happen a just, lot of times I, unfortunately, do not I, line up. Yeah, unfortunately, I just... It's hard to really see it happening. Most, because most years you're always going to have that one. You're always going to have one team on the outside looking in who's going to buy at the deadline because they're right there mm-hmm. and they just need that one piece. It's probably going to be either Columbus or the Islanders. It's going to be that team. Yes. Yeah, I think. Uh, so I think they're. I think both of them are going to be pretty much neck and neck the rest of the year. Washington and Pittsburgh is likely going to stay at the one and two in the metro yeah and then columbus or the island back to normal yeah columbus and the islanders one of them is going to be the three and the other might miss the playoffs all right which, even though they buy at the deadline all right fun fact here since we're now in wild card discussions there's three different possibilities well there's three pretty much of the same possibilities as there were yeah with playoff teams that you would get to face yeah they are still tampa they are still toronto and they are still washington as of right now washington yeah yeah if it's Pittsburgh, I'm actually kind of. If it's Pittsburgh, I feel better. Yeah, I'd feel a lot better actually. Yeah, I'd rather um, play Pittsburgh. Come on, wild card one, guys, lock it in for the love of God. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, playing Tampa is a death wish. Yeah. And whoa, look at you suddenly saying that. It is. No, it it absolutely is, Mister. Last time we did this, you <laughs> said you just get in and you figure it out from there, and uh, yeah. anything. I can mean, happen. It's, it's still and, true. Yes, but now that without. It's with, still with true, the slide after the win streak. You're now kind of a little less macho on that on that take, <laughs> are you? Because you disagreed with me wholeheartedly, really quickly. I never, I never disagreed with you that time to begin with. I just, I just said. No, you kind of did. Kind you kind of said, I don't care who we face. Yeah, because I the still playoffs, don't anything care. Can happen. I still don't care who we face. I know, but what? But I'm Tampa saying- is. But Tampa is still. You're. St- it's still a death wish to face Tampa. I know, but I'm remembering from what you said last time. I know, which was not, and I still don't. Which was not saying immediately saying yes to me saying Tampa's a death wish. <laughs> I was terrified of Tampa then. I am still terrified of Tampa now. Nothing has changed there. Am I a little it's scared fair. of Washington? Yes, but they're a, it, Washington and Toronto are the same for me. You could score goals and let's go. It's boat race time. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Come on, get some. Pittsburgh can be had, but you gotta score goals. It's a weaker, it's a weaker Pittsburgh team than most years. It's a weaker Pittsburgh team, but at the same time, we said that about like a lot of I we didn't say it, but a lot of people said that about Washington last year. Yeah, and what they do, they, they only won the, won the cup. cup. So, but there are a couple teams that can be had. You just have to win wild card one in order for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um. I still think Toronto would be an interesting series. I still would love that series. I don't care how it necessarily ends at this point. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't want to face Tampa. And I also, also don't want to finish in ninth place. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's make sure that doesn't happen first. I'd, I'd rank it as wild card one. Well, actually, I'd rank it as third in Atlantic. Wild card one. Wild card two. Ninth place. So, order. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'd rank that as what I would want to happen. 
I so mean, the Sabres the are still within striking distance of Boston. They're going to remain that way. It's going to be neck and neck all year. It's going to be neck and neck all year for that and the wild card races. They're four points behind Toronto. Really? Yeah. And meanwhile, Tampa, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> How far ahead of Toronto is Tampa Bay? 12. Jeez. Good news is President's Trophy teams often don't win it. Yeah. Why not us? Yeah. Says Frank Arcuri. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, President's Trophy teams don't have to win it. Face them in round one, then you'll beat them. Okay. I don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> we did this before. They're I'm not doing it again. They're literally we on. Did, we even did this a little bit here on this episode. I'm not doing it again. They might be on pace to be almost be right up to the 96 Red Wings. Really? That good right now? They're 33-8-2. They've lost a total of 10 games. Yes. Jeez. The Sabres hit five losses in a row when they got off the win streak. I'm going to... Take a look real quick. Take that, Tampa. I'm going to take a look real quick and see where the 96 wings were. Yeah, absolutely, because that's At terrifying. At 43 games into the season. That's terrifying if that's the case. Yeah. So, while Frank does that, I mean, Carolina, you got to make sure you win this thing. I mean, their goaltending is not great. Never has been. As a matter no. of fact, Curtis McElhinney was claimed because of the fact that they had problems in net. Scott Darling, come on, really? Yeah. I'm not going to be scared of that. doesn't matter who Carolina's goaltender is. I think Buffalo has a good shot at winning this. They should win this, and they should remind everyone that Carolina is not necessarily for real. The advanced statistics and analytics on Carolina say that they should be a great team, yet they're not even what I would call in wild card consideration unless they go on a run. Right now, what is with Carolina? What's with the advanced statistics? Are they lying to me? I haven't watched a Carolina Hurricanes game right all now. Season. They're at forty-five points. They're six points out of the playoffs right now. So it's they're still... six points behind Montreal. Seven points behind the Sabers. Yeah. So they're striking. They're distance. a team where <sighs> every year they're weird. They're yeah. The advanced statistics does say that they're better than the advanced statistics say they should be one of the top teams in the league because they they generate a lot of offense. But the, problem is, is that, the problem is that I think what it is, they're, it's their high-danger opportunities. Mm. They don't generate a lot of high-danger shots. They just generate shots. So the, so the advanced numbers could be lying here is what you're telling me. I think the advanced they numbers are, are lying because the, the advanced statistics say that they should be one of the best teams in the league. I think it's based off of the fact that they generate so many shots, but it's not – Shots that are either they're not just they're just shots that are look if you're getting to former, the net. Look if you're facing former Hurricanes goal, and then obviously they're not getting any goaltending. Yeah, that doesn't help either. Again, yeah. So go back to the Red Wings. Okay, so what happened? What pace is the Lightning on here? First off, the Red Wings in '96 finished 62, 13, and seven. They lost 20 games that year. Well, they lost 13 games and seven ties. I mean, Tampa's. After game 43, Detroit was 31-9-3. and Tampa's doing better than that right now. And with those ties, there are opportunities for wins to grab extra points. Mm-hmm. They were at 65 points. Tampa's at 68. Lord of mercy. Yeah. So they're actually on pace to break that record. Yeah. Because when you said that they lost 20 games all year, we're past the halfway point technically. They would be able to match it if not break it. Yeah. And to think They are like, on pace right now to be to have more points. And to I don't know about – I can't say about actual wins because you get the, obviously the overtime losses. That, that Detroit team had 131 points. Yo, we talked about how – you know, Nylander should be offer sheeted and now that Matthews and Marner should be offer sheeted next year. Can we go after Tampa for the love of God, NHL? Please? Like, it'd be a great time to bring offer sheets back to kind of stop them from uh, dominating you at every turn here. That'd be great. 
No? No? Okay. Because they almost <laughs> got Eric Carlson, too, by the way. They almost got so, Eric Carlson. Maybe we should put an end to their madness. Biggest thing, too, I'm looking at Tampa's cap-friendly page right now. They have – you have Braden Point's the only real guy come, who's a free agent after this year. He's an RFA, obviously. Offer sheet. And then you have Offer Vasilevsky sheet. two years from now. Are you kidding me? But after this year – Anton Strahlman, Braden Coburn, and Dan Girardi are all free agents. They all come off the books. So that's that's over ten. That's eleven million coming off. Only eleven million for all three of for them. For three for three players. Girardi's a bottom pairing guy. Strahlman, he's still a top four. Top four guy. But he's his age. But he's starting to get up there in age because he's thirty two mm-hmm. right now. And then you have Coburn and Girardi are thirty three and thirty four. And remember, they still have Victor Hedman, who's locked up, Ryan McDonough, who's locked up, and Mikhail Sergachev. Who's young. Who's 20. And cost-controlled. Yes. Are you kidding me? And obviously with Stamkos long-term and Nikita Kucherov long-term. This is why you draft and develop players, by the way. Yes. Oh, (laughs) yes, absolutely. This is how it happens. They got Kucherov in the second round. They got point in like the fourth Vasilevsky was a first round. I remember Vasilevsky was a first round. No, I know. What I'm saying though is like even your first but, rounders have to be drafted. And they got properly. they got still have good prospects. Yep. And they trade for Sergachev. And they got more prospects down the pipeline. And you've seen the likes of Andre Palat and Tyler Johnson have their Tyler roles Johnson and, was an un, was a unsigned player. Or was a undrafted. But again, like they developed these players through their program. Palat, I think, was a seventh round pick. Again. Like, like what the hell? Their development system is kind of elite at this point. Yeah. So. And now, and now they're on pace to possibly better than the '96 Wings. This is why you draft and develop. This is why you draft and develop. This is why oh. Rochester. This is why Botchel put an importance on Rochester. This is why Tim Murray can suck eggs. Mm-hmm. Yep. This reason alone. Mm-hmm. You don't have to point to Pittsburgh for this. You could point to Tampa. Yeah. Ugh. Great. Great. Fantabular. Yep. And if it was Carlson instead of McDonough, good lord. Oh. Not that McDonough's bad. <laughs> but they got Carlson. Think about that. Not even that McDonough is bad. It's just that it would be terrifying. Think to about add. this. What Tampa gave up for McDonough, they easily could have given up less for Carlson. Because the Sharks did. Yeah. I'd say they probably give up as much because they probably would have given seen, up the same because we've seen Ottawa be uh, stingy about trading within. The they division. wouldn't have even traded in to Tim to Tampa anyway. That's what I'm saying though. Is like you know, if Tampa gave that package, it would have been the same package. Oh, but yeah. Anyway, Tampa is a death machine. Got yes. it. That's the that's the main point there. Sabers should be able to take this one here. They got Carolina on Friday. What do they got for the rest of the? Isn't it Western Canada after this? I believe so. Uh, speaking of Tampa, oh, they got face Tampa on Sunday. Oh, awesome! And then it's Western Canada. As if a Buffalo team getting bludgeoned on a Sunday was not enough for me. <laughs> yeah, Carolina tomorrow, Tampa Saturday. Actually, sorry. And then get me starting to- on Monday, Edmonton, Calgary on Wednesday, Vancouver next Friday. I kind of want to face Edmonton and. Get all of the secondary scoring. I know, right? And then just tell tell Peter Shirelli to suck it. That'll probably happen. Like McDavid could do that. And, and, and then, then after lose. that, they don't play again until the end of the month. Watch it like McDavid outscores Eichel four to one in that game, but Edmonton loses seven to four. <laughs> yeah. McDavid scores four goals, still loses. McDavid puts up four points, still loses. Oh. Because be, Edmonton. Because Oilers. That's what I want. I don't care. Sure. I'd be down for that. Yeah. But yeah, after Vancouver, they don't play again until the 29th. What are we going to do at that time? 11 days. No Sabres. 11 well, days. Well, remember the All-Star game. The All-Star weekend will be around then. And then cool. the, the Sabres also. This, 
for some reason, they decided to schedule the Sabres bye week during like the All Star around All Star time. So like they'll have they're gonna have a week off, and then there's the All Star weekend, which is more days off. So their bye week comes and ends. They at have the an extended All-Star. bye week. So their bye week ends at the All Star weekend. Yeah, is what you're telling me. Yes, which is just dumb. So I'd rather have that like at a different point when there's a lot. Like remember how we were talking about earlier Can in I the take year? A stick and whack it at Gary Bettman's head. Yes, I know that this isn't necessarily for more his for more fault. reasons than one. I know that this isn't necessarily his fault, but this is his league. God, like remember we were talking about Sabres playing all these games earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they had those extra days off, it's not like they're even all that injured right now. They don't need an extra week off. Bad timing. You know when we could have used it? A little earlier. Yeah, yeah. When we were down to calling up Pilot and Gooley and And, Hunwick. And Tennyson. And Matt Tennyson played games. Yeah. We could have used the bye week then. Yeah. Matt Tennyson gave games away too. Those are points he could have used. All right. It just, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's, uh, <laughs> and then you throw yeah. the Winter Classic in Dallas, and then you say you've got a perfectly fine system when you've had several lockouts in your tenor, tenure. Your system's not fine on the negotiation front either. Nope. I'm upgrading it to a wrench. Okay. Wrench to Gary Bettman's head. Okay. We don't promote violence. We do, however, find it hilarious. Anyway, speaking of violence, where are you going with this? Jaguar fan, I mean, Jaguar fans, Bengal fans might kill each other in the streets if they promote Hugh Jackson to be the head coach. Oh, it's going to happen. I have a strong feeling it's going to happen too. It's going to happen. So again, speaking of violence, the Bengals and what they're doing to their fans is that is that is violence. That's rather criminal. Yeah. That is just... Me conking an NHL commissioner on the back of the head is nothing compared to what the Bengals are doing to their fans. Yeah. Yeah. Let's extend Marvin Lewis. Let's fire him after the season. What? Why'd you... I mean, about time you fired him. (laughs) But why did you bring the extension? Yeah. Why do you do the thing? About time you fired him, but why... You gave him an extension. Well, let's bring in Hugh Jackson and we can win one one game on the staff when when he's on the staff. But, and you know Hugh Jackson is not respected because a cornerback intercepts a pass and hands the ball to Hugh Jackson, <laughs> his former head coach, and says, here you go. Thanks, Chief. And then Baker Mayfield stares down Hugh Jackson. So let's go ahead. This Baker thing, by the way. Can we get off of this Fox Sports in particular? Because you're stupid. Because here's what you're doing. All you're doing is basically realizing that if you say something stupid about Baker Mayfield, people are going to listen. Because if people don't like Baker Mayfield, they're going to be like, yeah. And if they do like Baker Mayfield, like normal people do, Mm -hmm. they kind of hate listen and wonder what stupidity you're going to say. So I hate you for that. Can we just like Baker Mayfield because he's a really good quarterback? Can we just be objective about everybody? Sure. Apparently not. No. The answer's no. No, the, the answer's, answer's no. no. You're supposed to say no. Because that's the how the world works. No. Yeah, I know. It's, it's true. Can we be objective about Lamar Jackson? No. Lamar Jackson can be a really good passer. No, he sucks. No, he sucks. He's terrible. Yeah. He only, what he did in the playoffs. He only helped the Ravens get to the playoffs and kept things interesting yeah. in the wild card round. Yeah. Was he bad that game? Yes. Has he been bad all? Who was good? Has he been bad in who, all of his who, starts though? Who who was good for the Ravens in that game? On offense, eventually Lamar Jackson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just took a little while. Exactly. And unfortunately, that's what happens though is you lose when that happens. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson will learn that, and yep. he will find ways to get better. Mm-hmm. But was he terrible the whole time when the Ravens end up storming to the playoffs and win the AFC North? No. 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 
Is he there? Is he there? A guy going forward? Yeah. Josh yeah. Allen. Oh, the objectivity Whoa. that could be there with Josh Allen. Ooh. If only I was a marginally skilled offensive lineman that lasted only a couple of years in the league and was able to put all the takes out about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. I'd be able to be so smug. Yeah. People probably know who I'm referencing on that one, and Jeff Schwartz can eat my Schwartz. Um, the objectivity is just never there with these players anymore. And you want to know the biggest thing about all this? None of these quarterbacks in this draft class played an entire 16 games of a season. That's right. None of them did. No, the only one who had the the best opportunity to do that was Sam Darnold, and he also got injured. And he got a bum ankle. Yeah. So you go ahead and tell me how we're supposed to automatically name these quarterbacks as Hall of Famers or busts when they've never even played a full season's worth of games. Sometimes it's blatantly obvious. It's not with any of these guys. I'm hungry, apparently. (laughs) Mike picked that up. Absolutely did. I heard it. But, and if you heard it, that means Mike got it. But, again... It's even too soon on Mitchell Trubisky. It's too soon to assume that Patrick Mahomes is going to be this god forever. Yeah. It's too early to assume that Deshaun Watson will be able to tie things up on a consistency basis and do it in the postseason. Because once again, the Houston Texans did their annual choke job. Mm -hmm. It just came last year early when Deshaun Watson was injured for the year. Yeah. What? Now that we've now that we've have two years of well uh, almost a year and a half pretty much of Watson and Trubisky and now a year of Mahomes, you're you're seeing the promise out of those three. Yeah. Now it's next year. Do we see the do we see the promise or the continued promise out of these other five? Out of Allen, Rosen, Jackson, Baker, and Darnold. I mean, even Jared Goff and Carson Wentz took steps back in year three. Yeah. And again, there are cases where it's obvious. Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Already gone. Gone from the league. Because he couldn't beat out Trevor Simeon for a starting job. (laughs) That's where it's blatantly obvious that you drafted a bust, John Elway. Yep. But Jared Goff had a couple of games where the Rams were suddenly in danger of losing their bye week yeah Carson Wentz and the Eagles were very up and down this season yep and the Eagles have a far better winning percentage this year with Nick Foles in the lineup instead of Carson Wentz is that his fault no but has Wentz been perfect no he was not what he was last year that's for dang sure does the injury hinder that absolutely I think he was still feeling the effects of, and obviously he got he had another injury but decision making also has to do with it too yeah and Decision-making does not require your full health. Yeah, that's true. So, I think even it, I the, think, so even the quarterbacks from up to three years ago now are still not finished products. Yeah. So guess what that tells me? That you shouldn't be dismissing or giving putting all, up the gold jackets yeah. for any of these players. Sam Donald's going to have to deal but with it's the, uh, but it. But it's the NFL, Derek, and... It's either you got it or you don't. Well, you know what Sam Darnold's got? Adam Gase. Co- a a coach, coach who drives locker rooms insane. Yeah. And Adam Gase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jets, for just jetsing all over the Jets he plays because best case scenario for me was – you guys. The butt fumbles at it again. Like The best case scenario was for the Jets to go ahead and hire Adam Gase. That was my best case scenario. Because I saw that they were interviewing him. I'm like, please yep. do it. Please do it. Was it best case scenario? Was it, was it that or was it Mike McCarthy? Yes. Okay. So it was both. Okay. Yes, it was both. Both have offensive acumen. Yeah. Both are strangely unproductive based on their offensive acumen. Mm-hmm. Is Ryan Tannehill good? No. So does Adam Gase get a bit of a pass there? Maybe. A little. 
I mean, I was a little shocked that Gase was the one that Miami was moving on from instead of Tannehill first. They might, they might they, do both. They might do both. They might just hit the clean slate. Because it really honestly, depends Miami on who should. they. It really depends on who they hire as head coach. Because Miami's been forever mediocre. Yeah, they need to just hit the big old reset button. Yeah, blow it up. But but for all we know, and Miami might act, do this because they're Miami. They're gonna hire a head coach who's gonna want to keep Tannehill. Please do it. Please do it. And Mike McCarthy is now going to sit out the year. Managed to derp up a team that has Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And now he gets to sit out a year because of it. He should. Think about what you did. Think about what you did. You you have Aaron Rodgers you on go, your team. You go to your room and you think about what you did. <laughs> you've wasted. You sit, you sit in that corner. You've wasted in the that latter, little stool. You've wasted the ha- latter half of Aaron Rodgers' career. Thank you, yeah. Mike McCarthy. I appreciate it. And by that, I mean I absolutely don't because the flatline face that I have and the tone that I'm going ahead and carrying on this is that I kind of hate you. Yeah. Because I don't get to appreciate Aaron Rodgers as much as I should. Mm-hmm. As much as anyone should. Yeah. So go to hell, McCarthy. Yep. Maybe that's too much. Eh. You go in your room and he you think waste, what you did. He's wasted the second half of Aaron Rodgers' career. You deserve. You deserve everything that's being thrown at you. But not going to hell. Like, that's a little rough. That's a bit harsh, right? Aaron, but it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, though. Frank, I was being hyperbolic. You should say, yes, that's a little harsh. Go to hell. Like, that's reserved for, like, Rex Ryan. And Gary Bettman. And Gary Bettman. And Art Bryles. And Roger Goodell. And Bill Belichick. (laughs) Different reason, but he can go to hell, too. So, who else can go to hell? Rob Ryan? Yes. You can go to double hell, Rob Ryan. <laughs> double hell. You can go to hell twice. <laughs> Doug Whaley, go to hell. Ooh. Tim Murray, go to hell. Well, Doug Whaley's in the XFL. That might be hell. Go right to now. hell. <laughs> the <laughs> XFL is not hell enough for you, boy. Get out of here. <laughs> go to hell. Nick Saban, go to hell. Ooh. Ooh. Wait, no. Hell was the national championship game for him. Bam. Ooh. Yeah, burnt. So Arizona hired uh, Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach. Yeah, let, this is an interesting one. That's very interesting. Kingsbury was not successful as a head coach at Texas Tech. Hmm. Why was that though? Because recruiting is another part of the job in college football. And yes, you have to be able to recruit some players in the NFL via three agency, but the biggest thing is can you scout the players out and find them via the draft? Because they don't have a choice at that point. Those players, they're drafted, they're going there, and they're yeah. grateful for the opportunity almost all of the times, like 99.98% of the time, everyone that is drafted is grateful for it, and they yep. just happily play their first contract with that team Yep, at minimum. Yep. The question is can you get all those players that you're drafting can you develop them as the coach? Can you develop those players that are drafted to you? Develop them into their second contracts? Yeah. Can Cliff, can Cliff Kingsbury do that? Can Cliff Kingsbury get the staff defensively? Mm-hmm. Because Kingsbury played and coached in one of the dumbest conferences of college football. The Big 12. Yep. Where defense... Is non-existent. Doesn't exist. And it's damn near impossible to scout a quarterback sometimes because there's no defense there. Yeah. Mason Rudolph looked awesome. Why? No defense. Baker Mayfield looked awesome. Why? No defense. Oh, also he decided to stomp Ohio State, who (laughs) does have a defense. And then he also stomped a bunch of other teams. He blasted Georgia for 40-plus points. Lost the game, but he still destroyed their defense. But the Big 12 is so infuriating when it comes to scouting quarterbacks because there's Mm -hmm. no such thing as defense there. The thing that you have to look for when you're scouting a Big 12 quarterback is, does he hit the tight windows? Does he throw it with anticipation? And that cuts out like half the throws in a game because (laughs) in the Big 12, your receivers are just wide-ass open. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, come on. It's just one of those things where... (laughs) They're wide open. It's just 
it's hard to look at that kind of a thing and just be like, that's the conference I want. Yes, I know offense is fun, but too much offense is actually a bit of a detriment. When there's no defense, why are you bothering? Should the offenses play the offenses? Should so, both be on the field and fight for one ball and score a touchdown that way? Sure. Because that's basically what they're putting out there is offenses on defense. Just a game of fumbly rumbly. No, it's just a game of, oh, crap, there goes the receiver. <laughs> I forgot my... So Arizona has Kingsbury as their head coach now, and they have the number one pick. And Kyler Murray is in this... He's expected to declare. And he's expected to go into the NFL draft. He's ex- he's going into it for one reason and one reason alone, Frank. Kyler Murray's not going into this to be a second or third round pick. Yeah, he's expected to be first. He's expected to be in the top ten. Arizona holds a lot of cards here all of a sudden. Yeah. None all more interesting than this. They have a new head coach. Mm-hmm. What does a new head coach usually like? A new quarterback. Mm-hmm. They have a second-year Josh Rosen. I doubt that they're going to. If Arizona suddenly becomes a tire fire and takes another quarterback in the first round and then decides to trade Josh Rosen, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with myself. They're not going to do that. I'm just stating something that Kingsbury did like Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray is entering the draft equation. But if he's taking the job at in Arizona, he's got to like Rosen too, right? Yes, but, again, they have the first overall pick. Maybe he likes that more. Stranger things have happened, Frank. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. Do I think it happens? No. What I'm saying though is that it is it's enough food for thought to keep it in the back of your brain. Yeah. Like we're gonna put it away. But if Arizona's suddenly scouting Kyler Murray, eyebrows are raised. My- the only way the only way that they could do that and get away with it is that if they want to bluff the Giants into paying an overload to move up to one. That's what I'm thinking. That if they if they're gonna if they're gonna scout Murray, it's to get a team who wants who's also scouting Murray to pay a boatload of draft picks to move up to one maybe, to take them. Or maybe the Giants trade for another quarterback where that wasn't drafted by them. Giants trade for Josh Rosen. Yeah. Oh God, that would be poor oh. Rosen to go from Arizona's oh. offensive line to the Giants. Ugh. Mercy. Again. I think it's I think it's more likely that because oh, Arizona, I'm just, I'm just saying, put that little nugget. Oh, the, the 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 thought is there. Put the, the thought nugget is away in the back of your there. head. Put the nugget away in your back of your head, and we'll go from there. But yeah, no, my big thing is this. I don't know what the Arizona Cardinals have in Cliff Kingsbury, but here's my problem. Can, and this goes for Matt Lafleur too, being hired by the Packers. That's an interesting hire too. The NFL is such a copycat league that it is blatantly mm-hmm. obvious, and this is no more different than that. Mm-hmm. In Arizona's opening statements about Cliff Kingsbury being hired, they mention the fact that he is friends with Sean McVay. You know what's really cool? Not that. You want to know why? What is your buddy, Sean McVay, going to do for you, Cliff Kingsbury? When he coaches a team that that is the stacked powerhouse in your division. That you play twice a year. That you play twice a year. Yeah, he's your buddy. He's going to totally help you. I mean, look, for a guy who has zero playoff wins, Sean McVay's getting a hell of a lot of run right now. I mean, everyone's like, we got to find It's not as much of a bad thing. It's basically becoming this, though. We gotta find the next Sean McVay. How about you just find your next head coach? Well, that's what they're doing. They just want the next head coach to be just like Sean no, McVay. No, no, no. They want a Sean McVay. As a, yeah, they, that's, that's what look. I know, I know. There are different roads to being a good head coach. Oh yeah. I think Sean McDermott is at least not bad. Yeah. He's not Sean McVay. No. There's different I, ways you can I win in this Bill league. I think Bill Belichick came into this league as a defensive coach. He's only been around forever now. Mm-hmm. John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl. He 
He was a special teams coordinator. I think I think the night the good thing for Kingsbury saying, Hey, yeah, McVeigh's my buddy, you know, he's we're, we've been friends for it's a while. It's such a dumb qualification. It's a, it's a dumb qualification. But now you can look at now he can look at that and think and just be like McVeigh's just you know gonna help me out a little bit in terms of like he's gonna tell like you're friends with somebody who if you're two head coaches and you're you're friends, but one of them's one, new. You're, the other one's gonna give you at least some pointers on. But my big thing is this: when you're mentioning that in press conferences to sell to people. I'm just hoping that it's not something that you, that you truly believe was necessary for the hire. Otherwise, okay. I'm changing your name to Frank McVay, and we're going to get you hired in six months to the NFL, okay? That's not a joke. Let's do it. It's an experiment. We'll see if Frank can become a head coach just because we changed his name to McVay. <laughs> Is he at all qualified? No. But if he says he knows Sean, you, you but if he least... says he's he's known Sean McVay for a couple of years, then damn it, he is sold. Let's just do that with you, since you're the one who's more football knowledge. I'm proving a point here, Frank. I know, even though I'm also grossly underqualified. Yes. Also, <laughs> also, I think Frank McVay rolls off the tongue a lot more than a lot more smoothly than Derek McVay. Doesn't it? <laughs> Sure. Frank McVeigh. Sure. No, yeah, that's true. My like name kind of slows it down, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like Derek McVeigh. Like, what? What McVeigh names their kid Derek? <laughs> I don't know. Is he part of our family? Was he at the family reunion last year? I'm not sure. I was kind of plastered. I don't remember. <laughs> you were plastered. <laughs> but you know who would remember that? Sean McVeigh. Sean McVeigh remembers everything. Yeah, I know he does. But guess what? Sean McVeigh might just be a once-in-a-lifetime kind of a person. Yeah. That doesn't mean you need to find the copycat of him. Did the Bears find the discount version of Matt Nagy? No, they found Matt Nagy. Yeah. Who comes off of the Andy Reid coaching tree? Mm-hmm. You ready for a meme in a podcast? Go. Tired. Hiring Patriots coordinators. Wired. Hiring Andy Reid disciples. Nice. Good work. Down with the Belichick coaching tree. Up. With the Andy Reid coaching tree. That's how I should end it. No, not ending it on that. Oh, you want to know why? That's a great meme to end on. It's a, it's a great meme, but at the same time, it's we're not ending it on a meme. Oh, we're not em- ending this on a donk meme okay? <laughs> we forgot to mention a couple of things, actually, on the last pod. You know, Team USA looked pretty solid in the World Juniors. Yep. Finland Sabres prospects gold. looked very good in the World Juniors. Mm-hmm. With Finland having the two having two of the main pieces for their gold winning team, including, as you had mentioned, Uka Pekalukin. Lukanen's going pro next year, by the way. Yep. Cool. Like I'm excited for that. Yep. The US is looking more and more steady. I'm excited to see what happens, and for the love of God, put your NHL players back in the Olympics because I want a shot at Canada. Because in four years, well, what is it? It's not four years now. What, three years? Three years away? Three, yeah. In three years, the U.S. is going to have tons of young talent that will be, at the very least, ready to to try to exchange blows with them. Matthews, Eichel, Jack Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Troop is not old enough to go away. Slavin on the defensive end. I mean, Troop could be, be on Team USA. No, I'm saying like, oh yeah, like Justin Falk might be too old at that point. Probably, maybe he could still make it. Could still make it, but Patrick Kane could still make it. Patrick Kane could still make it, but we're talking three years. Phil down Castle there. could still make it. Well, I mean, three years down the line, I'm not asking Kane or Castle to do it anymore. But Goudreau is there. But you could put, you could still oh. put them. But you could still put oh. them on the team. Johnny Goudreau. Think about this. Yeah, Johnny Goudreau with Jack Eichel. Oh, and then Matt Kachuk, and maybe even Brady Kachuk, who both Kachuks both have been playing very well. So think about the, oh, think about this line: Brady Kachuk, Jack Eichel, Patrick Kane. I've got one worse for you. 
the two Kachucks with put center here. We'll piss everyone off. Well, they're both left wingers. Oh, that's a little disappointing. Johnny Gaudreau. Because like, that would be hilarious. To oh, be that like, would be hilarious. To just yes. put the Kachucks on the same line and just piss you know everyone who else off. Who else could be on Team USA? Maybe in three years from now? Casey Middlestat. Hopefully. I'm not going to put my eggs in that basket yet. But Could happen, though. Could. They could three years <laughs> is a long time. <laughs> if they... If things go right with that, if there's four as, centers. If things if go t- as Team projected. USA's four centers literally could be Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, Jack Hughes, Casey Middlestat. Put your NHL players back in the Olympics for the love of God. Yeah. But you're seeing, though, that Team USA is doing a great job of developing players and being contenders in the medal round almost every year now. Yeah. And that wasn't the case in the junior level for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's great to see that they're kind of growing things that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Playoffs this weekend. I swear the to God. Round. I swear to God, if I somehow do worse than last weekend, I'm going to just never pick go a game. over four. Look, if I go... Look, if I go all for four, next week's picks are guaranteed free, okay? Okay. There you go. But mercy, that was terrible. Started off great. Yeah, Indy won. Indy won. And then... And then no one else for me. No. I mean, we had the same, so it's... Thanks to an Eagle player's big, meaty claws. Yeah. Big, meaty claws. All right, that's the way to end it. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening to the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And, you know, we do this thing every week, twice a week for you here on WGR550.com. And Sabres, Hurricanes tomorrow night. Tampa on Sunday. See if you can get three Tampa points. Tampa on Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Sorry. Saturday. See if you can get uh, a third point out of that somehow. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Sweep the weekend? Best case scenario. Well, duh. That's about it. Thanks, Frank. That's about it. I was going to say, sweep the weekend. You can make a lot of people happy. Mm-hmm. And then but definitely get two out Canada. of Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's a game you should Or if win. you trip against Carolina and get the two points against Tampa, well, okay. Fans will be like, exactly what you just said. Okay. Not how I would have drawn it up, but kind of what I expected. Neat. Point totals. I was expecting one and one. I didn't expect it to go that way. Yeah. Like, that's the way, like, that would go. Yeah. I kind of hate Tampa Bay now. They play like a bunch of jerks low-key against the Sabres every time. Every time there's some dirty thing or some stupid thing that happens with the Tampa Bay Lightning now at this point where I'm just like, you're just as annoying as Boston. Without the fans and their accents. (laughs) And the Tom Brady to rub in our face in another sport. What do you got, Jameis Winston on me? Ooh. (laughs) I'll literally take Josh Allen over you guys right now. Okay. But, no, Tampa Bay kind of pisses me off now. Like, you saw how drained they were for the Florida game the day after. Yeah. And that wasn't just because it was a high-flying action game. It was because Tampa Bay did some scumbaggery. It happens every time. Steven Stamkos? I don't like Stamkos. Just shows you how well coached they are. No, it just shows you how much a star player can get away with some things sometimes. Stamkos is... I mean, McDavid got his face put into the boards and nothing happens. Well, yeah, but that was a star player that got away with breaking his face. I'm joking here. I'm trying to shift the blame to McDavid because apparently the refs are so dumb that you can't criticize them for that because that's how dumb it was. I, they were literally too stupid to insult on that play. So clearly I have to blame McDavid for going face first into the boards, right? Sure. <laughs> but I'll never forget Stamkos getting into a, like starting a scrum. It was when the Sabres were in one of their tank years. But like, oh, Mike Weber. Yes. Yes. But what's he do? He spears Mike Weber. No, he didn't spear him. Oh, I he thought, slashed his stick. But yeah, like, 
But like he starts Weber because Weber Weber yeah. pushed Stamkos and mm-hmm. then Stamkos oh, that's hit, right. it, hit his stick. Yeah. But like he hit more than his stick though. Oh, he hit his stick. And then Weber goes after him, and, and then Weber him. went after him because he hit a stick. Yeah, but like Stamkos tries to get away. Tries that to one was just, that one was just a rough game altogether too, because then you also had the Headman hit on Gergensen's. Mm-hmm. And uh, McCor- I got Cody McCormick and Pat Coletta played in that game too. Yeah, that's how bad it was. Oh. But like that's how that's how much it dates back now with Tampa Bay being a pain in the ass to play against when you're Buffalo. Like I don't like them anymore. And now that they're that good, I really don't like them anymore. Get out of here with this garbage. And Stamkos, if you try any of this stupid idiocy, well, I don't know what I'm going to be able to say about it because. While we don't condone violence, we do find it hilarious. Yeah. In certain cases, of course. And that's why you retaliate by... What? Beating them? Having players who are also pain in the asses. I was just going to say you can retaliate by offer shooting and bringing poor Sure. You can. They should. Tampa can resign them, though. This has been the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Graham. Frank R. Curry. We're signing off for real this time. Okay. Thanks for listening. Later.